Hey, all you rad dads out there. Hey, what's up, everyone? Brett here, and welcome to another episode of the Rad Dads Show, the parenting podcast where we ask inspiring dads the question, what does it mean to be a rad dad? Lately, I've been starting by saying thank you. Thank you for listening, whether it's your first time or hundredth time joining us. And we love hearing your thoughts, comments, even criticism. So make sure to connect with us on social media. And for those of you who don't know, this podcast is brought to you by Rad Dads Edmonton, where we walk the walk by building community, empowering dads, and promoting positive parenting here in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Check out our website or follow us on the socials to see what we're up to. Today's episode is a really cool one. I had the opportunity to sit down with Louis Prima Jr., who's a rad dad who made a major life change about 10 years ago and quit his lucrative day job to pursue music full-time. Now, you may recognize the name Louis Prima Sr. That's because our guest's dad is known as the King of Swing, and he actually has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. You may also recognize him as the voice of King Louis in The Jungle Book, and his son, Louis is carrying on his dad's legacy so many years later by bringing uplifting music to people all over the world, just like his dad did. Louis tells us about how he instilled a moral compass in his two sons through modeling that behavior and being thoughtful about discipline. He also spoke about the joy he gets out of his kids' accomplishments, especially their creative endeavors. One son's a musician and the other's an artist, and he shared some insights on his journey as a single dad. And of course, we talked about what's next for him and his band, The Witnesses. They just wrapped a seven-day tour, and they've got a bunch more dates coming up through the rest of the year. Louis also talks about their upcoming third record that was delayed, of course, because of the pandemic. And on that note, we discuss a duet that will be featured on that album with none other than Louis's late father, Louis Prima Sr., using the master recordings from Capitol Records of his infamous song, Pennies from Heaven. This is a really fun and insightful chat, and I'm so thankful for Louis's time and willingness to share his story. This one, honestly, surprised me. There's just so much good stuff here. So what are we waiting for? Let's get to it. Here's Louis Prima Jr. on the Rad Dads Show. Well, Louis, thanks for joining me on the Rad Dads Show. I want to thank you for your time, and I'm going to start by asking you, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, Brett, uh, my name's Louis Prima. There is a junior at the end of it. Uh, my father was the Louis Prima, um, musical legend for, uh, you know, he performed uh, and and recorded for 50 years and his legacy has lived on another, I think we're into our 70th year. Uh, you know, his, his music will go on forever. He's a musical icon. The King of Swing. Yep. Somewhere along the line, I uh, decided to shift gears in what I was doing and go into this that style of music, not as a tribute band, but as uh, trying to just play it forward. I mean, I'm a I'm a rock and roller at heart. I did rock and roll for ten years. I actually even the the only cover band I was ever in. I sang in a ACDC tribute band oh, for a nice. couple of years. And it just, you know, I've always felt my father's music was rock and roll and I loved it and I, I loved the soul of it and the feel good aspect of it. So um, I decided, let me give this a shot and uh, kind of took off from there. Um, so I'm, you know, a recording artist. We have a record deal on Warrior Records Universal Music Distribution. We're currently sitting on a shelved, thanks to the pandemic, third record. And uh hopefully getting that out soon and 
looking forward to trying to get back on the road. So that's a little bit about me. There's tons more, but that I'm sure we'll get into here. Well, and we have to talk about the fact that you're a dad. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it it's that's been it, it's kind of driven what I've done uh, in my career. You know, it, um, after rock and roll, uh, I did start when I I kind of gave up on music for a bit. I got frustrated with rock and roll back in the mid '90s. Grunge mm-hmm. had taken off, and everybody wanted you to do grunge, and I just was never in that bad of a mood. So I, I just kind of let it fizzle away. I was, you know, when when you're a young guy, you get into music to get that record deal. You know, I wasn't, uh, and I I was realistic and went, you know, it's it's time to back off of it for a little bit. I can do it part time, and I started to raise a family. I raised uh, two boys. Um, They are, oh Jesus, twenty five, and in a next week turning 29 um and for the uh better part of both their childhood i was a single dad um okay so it was uh you know do what i could do to keep them fed i i did have you know a great job and still did music on the side um but music was always calling me it's i i love being on stage i love what i do i love making people happy so when they were old enough to um, not necessarily take care of themselves, I mean, they were doing that at a young age, but they, when they were old enough to know that I was going to be traveling and once I knew that they were settled in, into their path, um, I got back into this and in 2010, you know, took off from there and uh, in the middle of it all raised two brilliant sons. So, yeah. Amazing. Well, congratulations. Yeah, it's interesting how you're, this is what happens, right? Our priorities shift as, I mean, and and not just because of kids, but other things too. And, and so it's this interplay between all these different things going on in your life. So yeah, I sort of like how uh, you said that the music was always there and, and sort of, you know, sort of came back in a big way when the time was right. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's, I've been, um, dog so to speak by some people that i know for you know uh being a <laughs> i've been called a fair weather musician um <laughs> just because i did get out of it um uh, but I, I you know never really out of it um you know music is is tough and it's all consuming and just about everything i do i try to do 100 percent. so there was no doing it casually for yeah. me um and you know i wanted my kids to get as stable as an upbringing as they could you know i i i had a mindset that they were going to graduate high school in the house that they were born in and mm-hmm. i was sticking to that and i did make that happen and um i think <laughs> you know without saying bad about anybody with an alternative you know i think the most important thing is your kids Mm -hmm. regardless of anything in the world and you know as a as a kid myself i'm you know i moved 14 times before i was in the eighth grade that's you know 14 different schools and i didn't want that instability for my kids i wanted them to have a foundation and and to um you know, but in the same aspect, know that 
you can go after your passion yeah. and do it. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad I was afforded the opportunity to get back into it when I did, um, because they did see what a passionate approach to something can do. Yeah, that is such an important point. You know, there's always this, we talked about it before that like the interplay uh, between all the things going on in your life and really it's about balance and kind of, um, yeah, you, you want stability uh, yes. for your family. So that's, you know, I think probably everybody agrees stability is a good thing. What does that mean? That's different for every family, I guess. Absolutely. And, right. And, and at the same time, how do you model that, you know, following your passion, following your dreams? How do you fit that all in? Because that's an important piece of your own satisfaction too. And, and you want that for your kids, right? It absolutely is. And, you know, it, it was, it, it was kind of strange because, you know, I, I was fortunate um to when i was married you know we weren't a household that needed daycare and i i count my blessings that that didn't have to happen we worked opposite shifts and on days when it was needed there was a mother-in-law and a sister-in-law and you know uh, thank god that, that i was afforded that opportunity and even when uh you know i became a single dad that opportunity you know there was still not a daycare situation and and yeah. for me that was that was just important and you know the the opportunity to do music again was an accidental thing it was a phone call from a friend of mine in the industry um mike varney who owns shrapnel records uh just calling out of the blue i'd known him back in the rock days you know i knew him when he was playing guitar and bands in las vegas and and uh, he had me fly up to San Francisco and do a little thing for him uh, in an organization he was involved in. And almost the same day, I got a random phone call from an old friend that was like, hey, I've got a new opportunity that's looking for a Louis Prima style band. What do you think? And uh, the, 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 the trip to San Francisco just you know, getting up on stage and doing big band music for yep. three songs and just seeing the reaction. I went, you know, I can, st I can still do this. And as long as I can find the right people to surround myself with, yeah, I can do this again. And I, you know, I did both that. That was in 2004. So for six years, I juggled the day job and, and grew this brand. Um, and there was a, you know, it came to a head in 2010 with a performance at Jazz Fest honoring my father, what would have been his 100th birthday. Wow. And there was a lot of things going on around that and a lot of good gigs coming up. And I said, all right, I'm jumping in head first again. This Let's is do the this. time. Yeah. And, you know, I did sit the kids down and say, this is what I'm going to do. But this is going to mean I'm going to be traveling some. So there's going to be days you guys are just going to have to be, you know, who I know you can be. And, um, it, you know, thank you, whoever's in charge of that, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what, what's your kid's, um, reaction to, I want to, I want to talk a little bit about your dad and stuff too, but, but, right. um, what's your kid's reaction to this new path in your life? I guess they, they you had this, um, history you said sort of in the 90s rock and roll and stuff yeah. and then it kind of took a break for a little bit i'm sure music has always been a big part in your family always but, yes but um sort of going for it now what do your kids think about that what are they what's their take on on this they, new they, 
new path they dug for dad. It because they're both creative. You know, my oldest son uh, is an artist. Um, you know, he, he played music in school, but I knew as, at a young age, he was an artist uh, just in things he drew. You know, he wasn't drawing yeah. stick figures at two years old. He was drawing complete Eeyore and Winnie the Poohs and, you know, these characters. And, um, you know, I, I tried my best not to push them in any direction, but I supported what, you know, you're, you're an artist. Let's try to foster that because this is what you're good at. So he understood the music business and, you know, he gets a kick out of being there and, and being involved in it, but he's a little shy and back behind the scenes. Um, my youngest son is me and my father reincarnated. Uh, we, mm -hmm. The three of us look alike, uh, sound alike. Um, he's a musician. He, you know, he started off on actually he started off on trumpet, uh, accidentally got into drums and, and played in drum corps on, you know, the snare line and is fant as a fantastic drummer and woke up one day and said, I want to be a fireman. And, uh, we moved to new Orleans in the middle of the pandemic and he became a fireman. So he plays music part-time and, but, you know, he, he was the one that would get up on stage and sing with me when he was a little kid. There's videos floating around there. Yeah. Um, him, him getting me, he's a, he's a bit of a ham. He's a, he's a bit of a card and, uh, he, he enjoys it. He enjoys playing drums now in bands here in New Orleans. So they've never, um, I, I think like me, I always, I always thought it was neat that my dad was the voice of King Louie. You know? Yeah, yeah, and, and Jungle Book, yep. And was always proud of it. I don't think I ever got into the trappings of, you know, oh, I'm so embarrassed, you know, whatever. Um, and I think my kids have always embraced that as well because music has been an important part of my life and I tried to instill music in them. You know, listen to music. Don't just listen to this music. Listen to this music. Uh, and they appreciate um, my father's role in pop culture yeah and you know i had them there when we got him a star on the hollywood walk of fame and mm -hmm. i think they were even prouder than i was that we had managed to get that done so uh they think it they think it's neat and you know and they understand the good parts and the bad parts of the music business they get it yeah well that's so important i it's really neat to hear how uh you know, it seems like music and sort of that creativity kind of flows through your DNA almost, right? Like, you know, it's 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 funny because, um, you know, watching, I obviously haven't seen you live in person, but uh, watching your videos and stuff, I mean, you've got that same uh, energy, what people loved about your dad's music, right? Always um, high energy, right? Just getting people going. And you've yeah. sort of got that same same thing up there and it's it's so interesting how um it's so neat how obviously his his legacy and um all of that has had such a profound impact on your life and then now the lives of your kids it does and you know there was never any kind of concerted effort to be my father you know yeah. i i graduated high school with no interest in getting in the music business even though i played music I, you know i wanted to be a businessman and whatever um but in in high school and then and it, like it really kicked in the summer after i graduated and then as i started college i just started 
going into clubs and I, I'd get snuck into clubs, you know, underage and to go see a friend's band play. And, and I was the guy in the parking lot in high school, standing on the hood of my car, singing at the top of my lungs. Nice. And I started singing with bands and it, you know, just sitting in a song or two and where I never thought I was really great musician. Um, I thought that when I had a microphone in my hand and was dealing with the crowd on that level, that that I could be the best that I could be at. And it quickly took me over to the point where I didn't last a semester in college and just started putting a band together and started going from there. And it's, you know, it's, I, I think the entertainment aspect of what my father did mm -hmm. by teaching or by genes or, or whatever, I think it's always been an important part to me. It's always been when I put this band together, um, I started off with, I, you know, guys that sat up there and read charts and I, and that's not what I wanted. I wanted musicians that would pick and jump and, and sweat and hurt themselves for the benefit of the show and, and entertainment and, and be able to laugh at ourselves um in order to get the crowd to laugh so it's i i i've got to say that's in the genes somewhere because i never studied what he did you know right and, but it's it's there and it it's important to me and i think it's a lost art in the music business i think it's why we're we have so many acts that are popular that rely on light shows and scantily clad dancers to get their point across. It's because the art of entertainment has just kind of been lost on the musicians, the musicians. I don't know where we went running and hiding to, but you know, get up there and jump around and have a good time and, and people will come see you. Yeah, that's right there. Well, there's all these different aspects, right? So some musicians, I mean, they, they're like, uh, you know, Ingve Malmsteen, they can rely on their, musicianship alone or not saying he's not a good entertainer but right. um you know and there's other people that they may not be a great musician at all but they're a really great entertainer and, and absolutely it's that entertainment that people are there to see you can grab someone just like that if you can kind of capture their their attention absolutely so and I th yeah and i, th I an think people well and i think people i think in general people gravitate towards that type of event you For know sure. we 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 don't want to go see um you know egos on stage we don't want to go see you know the the the, the pyrotechnics and the dancers are, are neat for a bit but you go see you know like one of the things i love about new orleans is music is all the time here yeah and it's everywhere and it's every style and the bands out here know how to have a good time and the crowds just love it if you came in here with a you know dancing act you're 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 frowned upon it's um and crowds in general you know we get we get a lot of comments that wow no that was amazing i didn't know what was i what i was getting in for and you blew us away and it's like you know what i i know we know how to play but we know how to entertain as well, and that's just a, a lost entity to me. And I'm I'm blessed to have found like-minded people that uh, kill themselves for the yeah. sake of the show, like I do. You know. 
Well, that's certainly the, you know, I mean, everything you sort of, I mean, just go watch one of your guys' uh, YouTube videos, your performances, or or obviously go see you live, but that's what everybody says. I mean, it's just so entertaining. And um, I agree with you. It's a total lost art. I want to, I want to ask you, uh, I mean, this is the Rad Dad show. So I'm going to ask you, do you consider yourself a Rad Dad? I do. I do. Um, that's, I love that. So, well, yeah, well, you know, when, when my kids were young, there, you know, there was a time that uh, I, I, they, they, and probably just a short period of time, like maybe six months, a year or two, where they were a little bit angry that I was listening to the music they were listening to, or or whatever the story was. Um, because I, I do still remain a rock and roll fan. I listen to new stuff. I, I listen to a lot of different things. Um, but you know, and I, I never wanted to be the cool dad. Um, I think uh, being a parent is challenging, and you you need to uh, instill discipline and morals mm-hmm. and, and and a moral compass and and pride and all those things you're supposed to. Um, but you can do that and still be the cool dad. You can still do fun things. You can still make their life fun. And you know, I. I, I may have been different than other people, but they were they were my main focus. Um, and you know, as they got older and into high school, you know that they, they actually enjoyed having me around doing things. And you know, especially my youngest son, because we uh, I, he was heavily involved in the band, so I became a you know band dad. Where yep. I had. I had the band in the trailer, so I would take all their gear around it, and you know, for marching band competitions and all yep. this. And I became the, you know, the cool guy, especially because I was in the business, and these are young kids playing who look up to anybody that's getting paid to do it. Um, of course. So, ab- absolutely, I am, and I still am, and I always will be a rad dad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like the confidence in that uh, in that answer. That's that's great, and you, I mean what we kind of aim to do on this show is always explore like, how do you define what a rad dad is? I heard you say a couple things. Like, I mean, obviously there's kind of this unique uh, or, you know, the coolness factor, right. That, that um, we kind of think about when we hear the term rad, but there's these other things that you pulled out too, like your responsibility as a dad, you know, create that moral compass and, and, teach them things, discipline and pride. And you mentioned, those are a few things that you mentioned. So um, how do you thread that needle? How do you, how do you get that balance of, um, you know, maintaining the the cool and, and also being the, you know, the dad who sets them on the right path? I, I think, I think both my kids when they were young um, got to see a bit of my temper, not directed at them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, oh, you know, definitely they they both, uh, and it was both the same thing, you know, get out of the car at a grocery store and start to go running. And, you know, I did not spare the rod when my hand hit their butt. Don't, you do not run away from me. Um, they, you know, there, there was regular discipline. You know, I wasn't hard, but they, but they saw me be stern with um people and they saw me be stern at my job when i had the day mm-hmm. job um they but they also saw me uh defend them in situations where they needed to be defended 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they saw me hold um, teachers and other adults accountable for what I feel uh, they should have been accounted for. Um, you know, I, w- I was never a guy that was, you know, believed my kids 100%. And I was never a guy that believed the authority of figure 100%. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get to the bottom of it. Um, but I, I, I wanted them to grow up to be their own people. And I think fostering without pushing, allowing them to, to develop, you know, what they wanted to do, you know, like my oldest son being an artist, uh, I saw him floundering a bit with it, even though he wanted to do it and wants to do it as a living. And we, you know, look, I'm a, I'm a tattoo guy. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, I got, I got a friend. Um, you've got a couple tattoos, you know, he was 19 probably at the time. And I said, uh, why don't you let me take you down and introduce and why don't you learn how to do tattoos? Cause a, you're going to make a lot of money. And when you get yourself established and get good at it, you can do this and do your art. And yeah. you know what, at the same time you're involved in the art world and you're doing something you you're passionate about. Um, and it was, uh, you know, he makes a living at it and gave me my first grand grandchild and, and bought oh, a house amazing. and the whole, the whole thing off of that. But it's, it's, you know, and the point of that is, is allowing them to shift gears, allowing them to do what they want, but making sure that there are ground rules. There's always been ground rules. There's always been a moral compass. Um, and there's always been the a right way and a wrong way uh, to do things, to approach people, to treat people. You know, I, I was always proud of my kids that they hold the door for people when mm-hmm. they're going, when they were young, hold the door for people and they're going in places, always said please and thank you. And, you know, it's so, it's simple things like that that's missing in the world today um, yeah. that, you know, when, when you look at some situations, you go, it, you know, that's 100% the upbringing. Yeah. And it's I unfortunate. Find it, I find it so interesting when I ask you to sort of describe um, how you, how you did that, how you instill those things in your kid or in your kids. You, what you said was, it wasn't, I told them this, I told them that it was, they saw me do this. They saw me do that. They saw yeah. me do that. And so it's, it's that modeling. Absolutely. Right? It's, it's, it's showing, it's showing them how to interact with people and when it's appropriate to stand up for yourself and when, when it's time to just listen and do what you're told and all those things, those are things we can model for our kids. It you is. can it, tell it, them it, anything you want. And I mean, it's the kind well, of in, it's, in, you know, in one and, ear out the other, but. And it's doing, you know, and it's doing things yourself to the, to, to the best of what you can do. It's, it's, yeah. um, you know, it's it's being the best you can be at things so they can see that. And it's um, upholding that kind of standard when they're at the house and and, and, and things they do and in the ways they play. Um, but at the same aspect, knowing that I, I think their knowledge that they were the most important thing to me, that they came first in every situation and mm-hmm. i would always be there i mean i don't i can't think of a time that i wasn't going to be there you know and there would you know there was a 
Um, my son ended up with a chronic, my youngest ended up with a chronic stomach condition while I was on the road um, that put him in and out of the hospital oh, no. dozens of time in one year. And as it was flowing through and I, I couldn't get support on the other end at the house and I'm, you know, the band's driving everywhere and I'm flying back and forth a hundred million times. And I finally, I called my manager and I said, you know what? What do you think the legal ramifications on me just stopping touring right now? We had you know, there 20, 30 dates contracted. And he went, why? And I said, I, mm-hmm. I just can't do this anymore. And I said, well, why don't you let, let me know and I'll call you when I get back home. And I got back home and we made a couple phone calls and I got him into a specialist and, you know, went in the other direction. But I'm, just him knowing that I was going to yeah that, you're ready to make that sacrifice yeah you know that 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 was there's more important things than me in the world and I, I think one of the things that people miss is that you're never not the parent I mean once they're mm-hmm. born that's that's it for the rest of your life you know and yeah. I I always say that tongue-in-cheek you know that that you know it's but it's the truth it is the the yeah. relationship changes the the needs change and all that stuff but you're always still their parent yeah you know and and letting letting them make mistakes and and not you know not a big screamer yeller over dumb things so you know let them make mistakes and and hopefully they learn from them and um you know i don't, I don't know I, I always say it could have gone the other way yeah in a heartbeat it was a bad situation that I did, did my best to make as good as possible. And it worked, you know, yeah. for whatever reason, it worked. Pat on the back. Yeah. yeah. And you're, so you're a rad granddad too. Yes, I am. She will be one year old next month. Wow. So what's so, that, what's that shift looked like for you? Has there, I mean. Uh, well, he's, so he lives up in Arkansas and, um, we were trying to get him to move down to new orleans he had moved there to help a friend run his shop uh and ended up liking it and staying there i mean he's you know he's only five hours away so it's not you know i don't get to be the i'm spoiling the girl granddad um you know we do we do make the effort to try to see each other as much as humanly possible um but she's awesome she looks just like him um and I, I couldn't be more proud of him because he all of a sudden yeah, he, he's not going to eat. If he listens to this, he'll come and smack me. But he, <laughs> he all of a sudden a few years ago became um, an adult, a man. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know the word I'm looking for. You know, I, he would, I, I used to say when he was a kid, he chased butterflies. He was very into the art and the nature of the world. And experience things instead of any kind of formula you know Mm -hmm. why do i need a driver's license you know he's that kind of guy yeah uh and and all of a sudden he's you know put new engines in his car and and bought a house and redid his entire kitchen himself and he's got a grandkid and i'm like all right you know i don't know how it happened it just you know it uh and I'm not saying he was bad at all before that. No, no. It just he, 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 he liked, he liked life as we all do, but just approached it a little bit different. And I think artists do that. 
Yeah, that's well, all. we were talking about our priorities earlier, and that that's probably part of it too for him, right? Like just not necessarily just parenthood change it, but but even before that, something changed, right? In terms of yeah. your pri- priorities and and what's important to you and and how you structure your life to support that. Yeah. And yeah, it's neat to see as, as I mean, so we were talking before, I have young kids. So I see that on a, you know, almost like a daily basis, these little changes that happen with my kids, right? But yeah, I, I, I've also seen as I've gotten older, my relationship with my own dad has changed. And it's sort of that same thing, like, you know, those show uh, showings of sort of pride, uh, both, right. both directions, like I, I get it. To, to me, sometimes I could see how, you know, when I tell him about things that happen at work, he's, he, he lights up and, you know, it's, it's nice to see that. And, and um, we have that, that different relationship. It's, and so it, it does always evolve and you always are their parents. So yeah, that's a really neat, neat thing that you shared. Absolutely. And there, so, uh, sorry to ahead. cut you off. No, 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 go ahead. No, just to say, it's just, it's, you know, I, I still get, joy out of their accomplishments you know like yeah. they're my you know my oldest posted this um picture of a new art piece he did on somebody and i was just dumbfounded at the detail and how far he's come with it and the fact that he could draw this thing that looked lifelike on somebody's skin in black and white that just looked real and i'm like wow you know and i, I call him i'm like oh yeah um you know, and and I I get joy out of, I, I'm I'm glad my youngest is starting to play because he he is a very good musician. I th- I think one day he'll put a microphone in his hand and uh, and because he can sing really well, but just watching him play and enjoy it and and play in front of crowds with no fear, um, you know, his first real gig here in new orleans which is his first real gig i mean he had to learn 30 or 40 songs and did it and went and did it uh on top of being a fireman you know i I mean who you know i I raised a kid that rushes into fires to save other people that's neat yeah (laughs) for sure you gotta be proud of that um so it is it's you know it's it it is a big source of pride of mine and i think it always will be you know yeah i'll i'll hit the rewind button here a little bit and and try and take you back a little bit you know 25 mm-hmm. years 30 years were did you have any fears about becoming a dad do you do you remember like what was what was going through your mind at that I, time you find out i'm going to be a parent here i i don't know if i i, I wouldn't call it fear i do, didn't think i wanted children i will tell you that i'm glad i waited till my 30s um if i had jumped into it or accidentally had it happen i i can almost promise you i wouldn't be the same father um for dozens of reasons but i'm glad i waited i i think i got it out of my system you know i think you've got to you know shake out your whatever it is that you lose focus on everything and you're doing 100 million things at one time and you know i i was the guy that you know i uh you know chasing rainbows i i was chasing dreams and that's not how you be a parent 
Well, it's a lot more complicated so, sometimes to do it with with kids in the picture. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, and and I just I wouldn't have been around. I wouldn't have been as focused. Yeah. Um, and but who knows? I might have. You never know. You know, I just know that um, it uh, there, there there wasn't it wasn't fear and it wasn't hesitation. It was oh neat. You know. Yeah. Um. So how do I how do I do this? Uh, how do I do this and not be my parents? You know, how do I do this? And um, how do I do, how do I, how do I, how am I responsible for two lives and what do I do with it? Yeah. You you just made that comment about, you know, how do I do this and not be my parents? So is like you mentioned earlier, lots of traveling in your childhood. And mm -hmm. um, I know you, like you lost your dad at quite a young age as well. Yes. Um, what, what is that connection to, I guess, looking back to your childhood and the experiences you had as a child um, growing up, how did that impact your approach to to parenthood? It sounds like obviously, you know, there were some things you, you thought about, and I know there's good and there's bad. Um, well, most of it. So, you know, conscious memory of my father and, you know, he, so he went into um, a coma in 75. Mm -hmm. Um so I was 10 and he passed away in 78. I was 13. So he was in a coma for three years. And prior to that, it was, uh, I think, what most 10 year olds would think of their life. It was great. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the only difference I saw is my parents went to work at five o'clock at night instead of in the morning. Um, you consciously do. My father was somebody and my mother was somebody, but it was just, you know, there was a lot of laughter and it was almost a normal family. I mean, you, you look past the, you know, moving a hundred million times. That's just what we did. Yeah. Um, but I, I think my, when I say not being my parents, I think when you learn things after the fact, you know, it was a, it was a rough time for my mother after my father passed away. It was a 14 year legal battle over the yeah. will and the estate. And it was mm -hmm. exposing the good, the bad and the ugly of all of it. And, you know, I love my mom to death, but she was probably not a good mother. I don't think she even liked kids, um, but did her best. And I just, you know, I knew I wanted to be more supportive and more there. Um, yeah. And I didn't, but I didn't want to, you know, I think kids my age were bought up a certain way that may not be correct a hundred percent. You know, there was, there's definitely a percentage of people my age that were forced into professions and forced into doing things that mm -hmm. they really didn't want to do. Directions were given you instead of trying to figure it out together and, well, and fostering yeah. what you're good at. Um, but in the same aspect, I am glad my father took me to church every week, whether I'm still practicing or not. I think it instilled morals in me. Mm -hmm. um, I think the discipline we had as a kid, um, you know, but was never overbearing. It was discipline. I was not a good kid. I, you know, I'm pretty sure with few exceptions, I deserved everything I ever got. Yeah. Um, but it also taught me discipline and it, it, uh, 
but it taught me good and bad ways to be a disciplinarian, um, which with kids is more important than people will let on or, you know, the social agenda will allow you to say Mm -hmm. discipline is very important. Because if if, if you're not, you know, look, I I, I just got in a Twitter beef with somebody because, and, you know, I, I try, I try not to be political, but the pandemic has made me political. And I looked at Fetterman coming back into the Capitol here in the United States. He's a, he's a representative that um, the day he was sworn in had a panic attack and was taken to the hospital. And he's been in the hospital because he's depressed for, since he was for, what is it? April now, four months. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't done a thing. And they show him arriving back in Washington, DC in gym shorts and a hoodie going to work. I'm like, that that's not how you're you're our leader you're one of our leaders can you can you carry yourself as that yeah discipline teaches you that to carry yourself as such and it's like um to me it's a i'm i'm the guy i I get and both my kids get a little bit of this from me as well but it's like i'm the guy that really you're wearing flip-flops in a restaurant come on yeah you know i'm i just you know, but that's pride and discipline, and that has to be taught somewhere. Yeah, you know, pride in your spelt has to be taught somewhere. For sure, and and you know what's so funny um, with kids? I think about this all the time because you're you're always walking that line between letting them explore who they really are. Like you've got a son who's an artist, and so you kind of talked about that too, chasing butterflies. Yeah. And you know, you you want to let people explore who they are and what's their individuality, but at the same time with kids they're not always the the most they don't have the maturity to know right. what's the right decision so sh- sure you can do that but some things you have to tell them this is the way you do it it's just the way yes. we do it right and after a while it becomes ingrained in them and they look back later just like you did today i bet you if you looked back you'd say oh i had to go to church today no i don't right. want to go to church it's so stupid but now you look back and you're thankful for that experience that you have absolutely because- you, you realize the positive impact it had on you. And as kids, we just don't have that insight. Right. So, no. so you're always walking that line, right? What's the, what's the word kids are all children are feral animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to domesticate have, you, them. You it's absolutely. Yeah. And there's no other better way to say it. Um, it's just a matter of how you do it and how you, um, I, I, was a band teacher that told me one time, um, a command respect, don't demand it. Yeah. And I did my best and I think I accomplished uh, commanding their respect. I didn't demand it. You know, I didn't say, listen to me. It was, I'm, I'm sure I did, you know, that. I'm sure they would argue that. Um, but yeah, it, it was, you know, um, the way you carry yourself, that, the, yeah, you know, it, it's it's um, oh, it's so hard to put into words, isn't it? But um, it's the way you interact with people and the way you talk Absolutely. to people. And that's how you get respect from people. Right. Yeah. Well, and they, you know, but they they I allowed them to see me have fun. Yeah. I allowed them to see me be sad. I, I allowed mm-hmm. them to see me be mad. I, you know, they uh, I didn't hide a lot of th- things from them. Because I think it is important to know 
that it is okay to be sad. Yeah. It is okay to uh, laugh like nobody's listening. That that it is yeah. okay to be goofy. That and and it, but it, and it's okay to be disciplined um, in certain aspects, you know, and be regimented in in certain things to create habits. You know, it's it's. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know if there's a perfect formula. I just I'm, I'm always just thankful that they turned out the way they did. Yeah, you know? what what you did worked, obviously. Yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned and, and and trust me, I could never be a teacher at this because I'm I'm sure people would go, "You did what?" You know. Um, well, that's the just, whole th- thing. That's I, what I love about this show. Actually, is um, we're not we're I always want to say we're not an advice podcast. Yeah. Um, people might want to give advice. That's great, but. Um, there's it's kind of more just illustrating there's a million ways to to do it and here's something that worked for this person and maybe you find yourself in a similar situation that works for you and that's great maybe not right that's okay too exactly and 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 every i i bought you know every situation always is is different and you have to approach each one differently not what's good for me isn't good for everybody you know yeah were there were there parts of your experience as a as a single dad, you mentioned that earlier that, you know, that sort of made things more challenging or there were different, you know, ways you had to approach, you know, going about it to, you know, obviously you raised two great kids. So, you know, what was it like navigating that situation? Um, no, I, I don't think it was difficult. I, I think, you know, and I think that plays into when I said, if I had kids when I was younger, it mm-hmm. might've been different because I, you know, where I enjoyed and especially getting back into the music business, I had to become more social and do things. Um, but I was more readily a guy that wanted to stay home and handle my kids. Um, and I think my acceptance of not acceptance, uh, that's the word I'm looking for. Um my belief that they were the most important thing and that's the way mm-hmm. I treated it. Um, there was, you know, it, it, it was difficult only in the sense in battling the other parent, um, mm. which there was no lines of communication and there was no nothing. Uh, there was only um, belittling and berating and me just not wanting to say anything and and knowing that they were going to see for themselves what's right and what's wrong yeah and hopefully they would um like having discipline and having support better than the alternative um you know it 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 was tough it it's tough to be you know, especially because when I when I was working, I was a restaurant manager. I ran food and beverage for the airport in Las Vegas. Um, okay, was a assistant general manager, so I was second in command. And that some days can be a lot of hours, and you know, having you know, <laughs> having to trust them to be home alone. I think was the yep. biggest thing. Yeah, you know, to get home from school and be home alone and they for the most part didn't disappoint me or didn't 
do the wrong thing. And, um, you know, that just goes back to when they're younger instilling pride and discipline and, um, you know, maybe a little bit of fear. I know that they, (laughs) it didn't, my, my oldest son, um, or my youngest son, you know, living at home when I get home from the road, the last thing I want to do is anything, you know, I'm dead tired. I've been driving the bus, whatever the story is, but I'll come home. And if there's a dish in the sink, I'll do it. And he's always rushing and panicking to get things done because he thinks I'm mad. I'm like, I'm I'm really not mad. I'm just dead tired, but I don't like a dish in the sink. So I'll do the dish. That's just me. Yeah. You're not in trouble. So there was, you know, there was a little bit of fear, um, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing um, because you do have to be, you do have to fear things in the world. For so sure. You do, need, you do need to learn fear. And, and is it, in is some it, level and not scared, but fear. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's not about being scared, but it's knowing what the expectations are and what the ramifications are if those expectations aren't met. Right. And 100%. that's everywhere in life, you, you know, in your in the workplace, um, you know, out on the street, the things that you do have consequences. So you need to learn that at home first. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's absolutely a, such an important. And, and, uh, and that, you know, like I said, that's another thing missing in the world, I think, in a lot of instances, you know. Um, but, you know, but in the same aspect, teaching them not to be afraid. Yeah. You know, Um not to fear the unknown, not to, you know, there, there's so many unknowns out there. You know, there's so many, uh, and I, and I think, you know, back in 2010, when I said, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to quit the job and I'm going to do this musically. And what does that mean for us? Well, we're not going to be able to afford to do a lot of the things we used to do. We're going to have to buckle down a little bit, but the big benefit is, is I'm going to be home. Mm Mm-hmm more times than not all the time now so there's more of this and more of that so the, you know it's but them seeing that i don't know if it was lack of fear but jumping into the unknown you know um especially in today's culture i mean there's so many you know people change directions so yeah. often um that's why i'm kind of glad they're in professions that like i think i don't think they're changing anytime soon you know my my son got into being a firefighter because he loves adrenaline you know he's an adrenaline junkie um but he also got into it because he knows he can retire after 20 years with full Mm -hmm. benefits and and he's on a good department and the way you work you can go do something on your days off and build a career or build a business and so when you retire you got your full retirement you got your business and now you can live and you've only worked for 20 years yeah so smart you know it it is smart of him you know very smart of him so yeah i think a lot of you know a a thread of a lot of the things we're talking about is kind of resilience too like you know there's adversity you come across in your life and as parents we try to build that resilience in our kids and some of that's a it's just a mix of support for you know them following their dreams and and building confidence yeah. also discipline because you need discipline to follow your dreams too yeah. you know that as a musician like it's not 
it's not all fun and games, you, you know, booking your tours and, and traveling all the time. And absolutely not. It's a, yeah. it's a ton of work and you need that discipline or it can go off the rails really fast. And um, so it's it, bu- building that resilience. It is. And it's the, you know, you, the people mock it and, you know, nowadays, but it's that, you know, oh, you fell down, get dust yourself off and get up, yep. you know, and that, you know, yeah, that could sound bad, but and, and what that means is, you know, how many times, and I'm not talking fail, but how many times have you hit a wall? How many times yeah. have you stubbed your toe, you know, literally and figuratively? How many, and do you just stop what you're doing or do you ride on? And um, look, it, it, if I had believed everybody that ever told me you're not a singer, mm-hmm. You know, and I got a record deal at 45 years old. How does that happen? Yeah. You know, why? Because I just, I I believed in myself enough and was disciplined enough to just keep, I'm going to plug away at this um, and it's going to happen. And I'm, you know, I am damn fortunate to have been able to make a living at this, except, you know, the pandemic is about taking that away from me um yeah so it's been a tough couple years for musicians out there rough 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 um so how are you guys bouncing back you had a obviously you had a third album sort of put on hold we were you can't promote it so we were in the studio we were in capitol records recording uh capitol studios recording the third album and literally walked out the door into the pandemic um I did clean up vocal tracks in LA. I rode from Vegas to LA on my bike and I was the only one on the road. I mean, it was literally the first week of the pandemic. And, you know, it's tough to explain to a majority of the people that when you do have an actual record label that has to deal with a real publishing company, there are rules and guidelines and procedures and without those in place, you can't release. I can't just release an album because you have to capitalize on it with the tour and with promotions and with X mm-hmm. and Y and Z in order to make it all happen to get the momentum. Um, so we sat on it. We started getting back on the road. Uh, we released um, a Christmas song that we did as a bonus track for the album called Hey Skinny Santa. Yep. and you know, Omicron came along and put the brakes on us. And then we fought back and we got back on the road and we did a little mini Christmas tour, did a bunch of Christmas songs and uh, made it into January and Delta put the brakes on us. And we were literally driving from one gig to the next and getting a phone call and going, now don't show up. What do you mean? Don't show up. I need this pay. I need this pay tonight to pay for the hotel room. Um, so as we were trying to figure that out and trying to figure out if we can fight that, the economy here in the States tanked Yeah, and we're 11 people on the road and suddenly $2,000 worth of plane tickets is $6,000. Yeah. Suddenly a $500 tank of gas in the tour bus is $1,200. Hotel rooms went from 70 to $90 to minimum of 120 food it it just 
out of control to where I've, I've never canceled a date in my life. I've been, I've literally been taken out of a hospital room and the IV yanked out of me and bought to a show to sing and then wow. bought back. But I had to cancel shows because of the economy. Yeah. And, uh, that's rough, you know? And I think it's, I don't know how to, I don't know how to put a shiny light on it other than yeah. where we are getting back on the road. It's, you know, it is so far, few and far between right now. It's, it's rough. And I just, I, I hope to get the steam going again and be able to release the album. But we live, you know, this band lives in a, you know, compartment in the music industry that I think was decimated by the pandemic. You know, you got the superstars, you got the local guys, and you got us. Mm-hmm. And it uh, it has not it has not been easy. It has not been easy for anybody I know. Yeah, um, it it's a common thing. Everybody everybody's been talking about. I mean, just it's musicians have been beaten down the last couple of years because yeah. just when you start to think you're getting a bit more momentum, more shows getting canceled and it, it's, and, and that's like almost worse. You almost wish you just wouldn't have even booked it to begin with. Right. But you yeah. have to, you have to, you know, find a way to keep going. So, yeah. so what's, you know, assuming things go smoothly this year, what's coming up for, for Louis Prima Jr. and the witnesses? Well, we, you know, we're, we are on the road right now, plowing ahead. Um, doing as many dates as we can. Uh, we unfortunately have been unable to do the smaller venues, which I love. I love the smaller venues because you can, you're right there with the people. And that's been a little bit of bread and butter on the off nights and things, but it's difficult now. So we're kind of switching gears, getting back into theaters and big festivals and, and working. And hopefully we can just keep the steam going and, you know, if the gods allow the economy to calm down a little bit more um, to where some things can get equalized, because on top of, you know, our cost and being on the road, I mean, there's people can't buy tickets to shows. Right. Like they used to. Yeah. Um, because they can't afford it. So it, it's a perfect storm. And hopefully this little storm will dissipate and we can plow ahead to where. You know, I, I hate to say 2024 this early in 2023, but I have to look that far in advance and go, all right, maybe we can get this album out by Christmas. Maybe we'll have enough shows under the belt and can get going. Um, and it's, you know, it's not for not trying. I've got a lot of great people behind me working yeah. really hard to make this happen. I've got the greatest record label in the world. Jim Irvin is the... Mm-hmm one of the best people I've ever come across in this business. And I think me and him have a great working relationship. I love the man. He, and he, you know, and look, he believes in me, not for nothing. He believes in me and he believes not just in me because of my father. He believes in the music we wrote and the direction I'm going. And that's important. And as long as he's still around, um, you know, I know we're going to get this out. It's going to be not soon as I want it to be, but I do understand the benefits of doing it correctly. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's plow ahead and, and get back on the road. Uh, it is good to be back on the road where we, I leave um, day after tomorrow. 
for seven days in a row. We haven't done seven days in a row in a long time. Seven awesome. days in a row, seven, seven cities. We're going to be in uh, New Jersey, Connecticut, Manhattan, uh, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. I missed a city, Boston. Um, I don't even know if I can do seven days in a row anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> like this. Um, but it's going to be good. You know, it's, it, every time we get to see each other, the band, you know, cause we're, we're from all over the country. We yeah. don't, we're not from one city. So anytime we get together, it is fun to, to not just to get on stage, but to see each other again and share stories. And, you know, what did you do last week? Uh, how's your other band? How's, you know, how's that going? How's the new recording going? Things like that. But most importantly, to get back on stage and see people out there having fun again. Um, yeah. And it, it makes it all it, worth it. Yeah, It cures my soul. It really does. It, it, it makes it, it makes it worth it. And it, you know, it doesn't make the waiting for it any easier, but it, it, uh, it at least holds you over till the next time we see each other. So. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I hope uh, the, the next little run goes well for you. Yeah. You know, a little birdie told me you, one of the singles that you're, that's going to be coming out soon. is kind of a, something special. Now I, maybe we'll just leave everybody with a cliffhanger. I don't know. Are you able to talk about it? I will talk about it because I have no fear. Um, <laughs> okay, great. You <laughs> heard it here first. Folks. So, um, <laughs> you know, we, and this is good to be a little bit longer, longer a story than you probably think. So, oh, that's okay. That's in, great. Well, back in 2010, um, my team, my management team, Seth Udoff and uh, from UD Factory, and his then partner Mike Lakata, uh, were almost instrumental in getting my father finally a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Right, like it was something we did, and we performed at it, and it amazing. was this amazing event. There was press from. 138 countries there's a it was the the most amazing thing and for the first time ever capitol records on vine off of hollywood boulevard opened their doors to the public and did tours and as we walk in to do the tour they're demonstrating the use of their echo chambers using my father and sing 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 Wow. And they got the studio set up like he's in there. They got big yeah. giant cutouts of Louis Prima and Sam Butera. And it's like, oh, wow. Well, guess who I am? Um, so we, we struck up a conversation that flash forward allowed Jim to get involved in Capitol Records and bring us in there to record our second album, which I'm in the same studio my father sang at. And then Jim goes, well, look, I also talked to them a little bit. And they're willing to let us use one of his recordings and you can do a duet with him. So we went looking and you, it was hard to find a recording that you could lift just my father's voice off of. Yeah. Because back then they recorded with a mic hanging in the middle of the room. Yeah, and they of course. Went. Yeah. So we found a song called That's My Home. Yeah. Uh, and it's a song about New Orleans. And I did it. We I got to sing and play trumpet with my dad. And it was the neatest thing. Uh, I think the recording, Incredible. I get choked up every time I hear it. It's fun. So we're playing at a club called the Cicada Club in Los Angeles. And the Cicada Club has been in a hundred million movies. It's a gorgeous venue. It was in, uh, um, what was the movie with uh, uh, 
Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, uh, the, the Smiths, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, where yeah. they're trying to kill each other. There's yep. there where she tries to blow him up. That's the cicada club. And everybody in there has to be dressed to your nines. It's a, it's old world. They got box mics. They got a great bar. It's a great venue. He's in there. And I did a song that has a little bit of history to it. And after it, he goes, because we were getting ready. We were doing pre-production. And he goes, oh, you got to redo that song. And I go, oh, really? And he goes, yeah, you got to redo that song. I love that song. And I write, okay, we'll redo it. So we we did a little arrangement and we changed the key and did some things. And we got into the studio to record at Capitol Records. And yeah. he sits down and he goes, we got to go back to the original key. And you got to change the vocals the way you did it, especially in the middle. You got to do it more like your father did it. Well, why? Oh, well, because I'm that close to having permission to using your father's tracks and we'll do it that way. So it's the song and everybody knows this song. The song yes. is TikTok famous. Uh, I mean, it was, it was in the movie Elf and we're yeah. going to do Pennies from Heaven. Awesome. And it's so I I knew he didn't have full permission to do it yet. And we were doing the mixing and not the mixing, but we're like the second album was produced over the internet. Uh, we recorded it and then me and him sat Remotely, in different States yeah. and, and because technology, yay. Um, so we're doing it again and we're doing what's called it's positioning the instruments in the spectrum to where, you know, the stereo for people that don't know that like you could put everything here and it's going to sound like that. Yeah. So you got to get the, trumpet player over here the guitar player way over there where to space it to get the best sound and we're going back and forth and we're doing that with each song and he sent me pennies from heaven and i i listened to it three or four times and i went wait a minute that's my dad <laughs> and and, I'm, and so me and my father go back and forth and and in the middle of the song when he does the scat yep uh with sam um it's me and marco my sax player that recorded with us and my dad and sam and we're going back and forth and then by the end of the song he gets both bands playing at the same time i'm telling you i get choked up when i hear it it's one of the most amazing recordings i can't wait to get it out yeah magic um and it's you know and as I've, we only just recently started throwing it back into shows where I can tell the little story about it. And one of the neat things, since this is the Rad Dad show, yeah. um, my drummer, A.D. Adams, has to miss his first show uh, ever. Uh, and it's because of a great opportunity for him that I, I've got to go, you know, do it uh and you know we have subs for uh, invariably somebody's going to miss a show and we have subs that come in and work and you know just to do one show i want and you're going to hear it here first because absolutely nobody knows and hopefully at the show it's going to be a surprise for most of the people because this is a huge event it's a 2000 seat venue that it's their anniversary it's going to be it's almost sold out so as a sub for my drummer, I'm bringing my son. I'm going to let him play on stage with me for a full show for the first time. 
and uh, see what the crowd thinks. Oh, amazing. We've got to get some video of that for sure. Oh, guys, I will for sure get that videoed. Because um, he, he has sat in with me before yeah. uh, and done a couple songs on the drums. But, you know, I said, look, I, I believe in you. Um, but you better be prepared because <laughs> yeah you know this this span don't mess around where, yeah it comes back know. to that discipline and all of that so oh that's so cool I, well yeah, you so know it, pennies from heaven like you know that's something that really jumped out to me when i heard about that because it it was so funny just that same same day i heard from ed um yeah my kids were singing that song with me. We sing it quite a bit because they That's know awesome. it from the movie Elf. Oh, so yeah, absolutely. We, we sing it around the house and do the kind of scatting and stuff. And um, it's always a fun thing. And I just I'm so happy to hear that that is um, that's going to be that's coming happening. out later this year. Yep. Well, hopefully later this year. Um, what a special thing for you to be able to do with your dad, you know. Yeah. Um, after and as I'm years. telling you, it sounds amazing. And I can't wait for it to. I, I can't wait for it to get out there for people to hear on top of our stuff. But, you know, I'm once again, uh, whatever I've done right in my world, I'm blessed to have opportunities like this and blessed to have come across people, you know, like Jim um, that believe in this and my management company. Because, the you know, the, the, there's a saying, I, I can't remember who said it uh just recently i'd come up with it one day and i'll call you but you said the the worst form of child abuse is junior at the end of your name <laughs> and this is this has been a labor of love doing this because it's not it easy doors don't fly open yeah uh doors fly shut um because of junior and the i'm just so fortunate to have surround been able to surround myself with the people to make this happen and make it happen on the level that we do it. And uh, every night to me on stage is an honor and a privilege, and I treat it as such. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. it's such a good metaphor for what we're talking about here today, too, that, you know, our parents have this profound impact on us. And obviously, your dad did and on your whole world. But at the same time, you've gone out and you're, it, 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 you're not just louis prima just the junior yeah. louis prima you're you know you're doing your own thing and yeah, that's so cool and i love that you know it's passing on to the next generation you get to share that with your son uh well your son's that's so cool i really uh it's been so awesome talking to you about this it's been and, nice it's been fun i i like i said i enjoyed talking and i'm i'm you know pr proud of what i created yeah. uh in life and in music and uh always willing to talk about it <laughs> what uh, i'm going to put you on the spot here what advice do you have for dads out there listening maybe it's you know new dads man it's rough you know you go you, you know how do you tell somebody what to do the the only thing you can say is um you have a life in your hand and do you want that life featured on TV one day for good or for bad? Yeah. Um, you know, and forget how you were bought up, forget what you were taught. It's a life and you have to mold that life to be the best possible version of yourself. 
Um, what were your dreams? What were your aspirations? Did you fail? Did you succeed? Um, I think the most important thing is let them be kids uh, and support them in their endeavors. They're not always going to like do what you like them to do or want them to do. Um, but as long, like, if, as long as you're firm and, and they've got to have rules, but so, support them and, and absolutely be there. Nothing is more important than them. Uh, and we've gotten away from that as a whole on this shiny blue planet. We've gotten away from it. They, they are our lives. They are our future. Treat them as such. Yeah, just be there. That's simple, but but powerful. Yeah, thank you so it's much, Louis. Oh, thanks for having me. I really me. appreciate uh, your time. Pleasure. Yeah, it's nope. been such a pleasure for sure. Um, yeah, looking forward to seeing everything that uh, comes out of uh, the band this year and especially uh, the new single. So you heard it here yeah, first. And hopefully we'll get up into Canada more than once. Um, only only been there once to play. Uh, We'd love to have you. Got up and... And and our dollar's terrible, so yours will go a lot further here. <laughs> Although what you what you get paid probably doesn't go as far when you get back. So uh, you never know. We we I just like to play if we can make it happen. We tried. We were close uh, before the pandemic. We were going to have one of our best years, and um, it, including Europe, Australia, uh, Canada, and we're just hoping to get some of that back. And uh, when I do, I hope to see it. That sounds amazing. Thanks so much, Louis. Thank you, Brett. All right. That was Louis Prima Jr. on the Rad Dad Show. Thank you so much, Louis, for joining us. And thank you for listening. If you like this episode, it would mean so much to us if you drop us a review on iTunes or Spotify. And if you're looking for more Rad Dad's content, find us wherever you get your podcasts. Or give us a follow on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at at rad underscore dads underscore show. And on Facebook and Twitter and TikTok at at rad dads show. And you can also head over to YouTube to watch all these interviews as well. Wherever you're watching or listening, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. It really helps us a lot. Lastly, Rad Dads is first and foremost a community organization aimed at positive parenting. And you can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. Thanks for tuning in. In the meantime and in between time, stay rad.